Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. I'm John Manuel, joined today by Connor Glassie and Nathan Rohde. And this is a special edition of the Baseball America podcast talking about the 2013 National High School Invitational Tournament brought to you by Baseball America and, of course, our friends at USA Baseball. And this podcast is sponsored by Wilson Custom Gloves. Visit wilsoncustomgloves.com to create your custom Wilson A2000. Choose a glove in your team colors or style to match your play. You can pick your glove model, leather colors, and personalization on wilsoncustomgloves.com, the same website the pros use to create their custom gloves. There are over 35 glove styles, all available in left-hand throw, and 19 leather colors to choose from. Check out wilsoncustomgloves.com today. And that's the sponsor of not only this podcast, but all of our coverage coming up this week on baseballamerica.com, the new look baseballamerica.com. Very excited to launch that in conjunction with the NHSI. And guys, uh, Nathan, I'll start with you. Uh, Nathan Rohde, you've done a tremendous amount of legwork on the NHSI, getting it started last year with the guys at USA Baseball, uh, Rick Riccobono, Dave Perkins, Paul Seiler, of course, all the guys at USA. And what you guys have created and what we're going to see here for the second year over at uh, the, the National Training Complex in Cary is a baseball tournament that features high school players, but where the showcase really is the high school teams and the competitive nature of those teams. Absolutely. You know, we, we do high school rankings here at BA and plenty of other people do them around the country, but never do you really get to match these teams up together on the field. You know, we rarely before had teams in the top 25 match up that were from different states. You know, there's there's plenty of good tournaments out there and they've all done a really good job of bringing in big teams. But no other tournament in the country brings a better representation of every corner of the country. You know, we don't have any more than three teams from one state. Uh, you know, we try to get, you know, Midwest rep- representation, Mountain West. You know, we look for Northeast teams and Southwest teams. And it, it's really literally all across the map. And, you know, there's no one else that does it like this. And, you know, we couldn't be happier to obviously be a part of it and it be also in our backyard. It's in our backyard. And, uh, you know, it was off to a great start last year. And, Connor, before we dive into this year's, I thought I just would have you touch base besides Courtney Hawkins' backflip, which I think we need to talk about some more. But <laughs> before we look forward to this year's, just what were some of the highlights for you, uh, you know, of last year's NHSI? I mean, the first one was so good. Uh, what are some of the things that the second one's going to have to do to top the first one? <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, the second one, I'm really excited. I think it's actually a, a better field in terms of uh, both teams and draft talent. But last year, you're right, it definitely was exciting. Courtney Hawkins' backflip was, you know, the standout moment. But, you know, what he did on the field was even more impressive. He went out there, uh, fired a shutout, hit a home run in the same game, kind of single-handedly won the game for his team. Um, you know, Max Freed threw really well. Uh, Matt Olson hit a home run off Max Freed on his, on his birthday, which was pretty cool. So there were definitely a lot of really cool moments. And, of course, Modern Day won the whole thing, and they'll be back defending their title this year. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. 
Yeah, that's a pretty good synopsis. You just talked about two first-round picks, uh, second-round pick who got a million dollars. We didn't even mention Joey Gallo, who was in it, uh, Adrian Marin. I mean, the talent. Luke Sims. <laughs> yeah, another first-rounder. The talent in last year's was uh, off the chain, I believe is what the kids would say. Maybe the kids would have said that two years ago. But it was it was significant, as a 41-year-old should say. And let's, let's just dive into this year's field. Um, there's a lot of ways we could do this, but we're just going to go – in order down the schedule and all, all the games start on uh, play begins on March 27th. Uh, we're recording this on Greek independence day. So everyone knows that's March 25th. So uh, two days from now, we've got a, 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 just a great tournament and to squeeze all this in guys, they start playing at 10 in the morning. I know you guys will be there bright early and chipper with all the other scouts will be there. Um, but Lexington, South Carolina starts off against Florida Christian. And, you know, I, I think I would I've mentioned you guys to, to you guys, it's always in my head. Doug Bearden in Lexington High School, which Doug Bearden was a fairly minor prospect in the White Sox system 17 years ago. But um, <laughs> Florida Christian is a pretty big-time program. And this should be uh, – it sounds like a good start to the tournament. Uh, Connor, why don't you start off and we'll just go back and forth. But, uh, you know, Lexington versus uh, Florida Christian, kind of who are the players uh, to watch in this game? Well, I mean, from a, a scouting perspective, and, you know, last year I think there were 18 players drafted that, that were at the NHSI, a couple – didn't play because of injuries, but obviously it's always a, you know, not just with the team, it's, it's always a big event with individual players. And uh, that's why there's going to be, you know, probably close to a hundred scouts out at the complex this week. And uh, one of the, one of the players they'll really be bearing down on is Lexington, Lexington catcher, Nick Shufo. Uh, he was one of the, you know, the biggest players on the showcase circuit this summer. And he's one of the best catchers in this year's class in a year that's, you know, pretty loaded in terms of high school catching. And he's one of three kind of prime guys that will be behind the plate at this event. So uh, they'll be they'll be bearing down on him, and he'll have his work cut out for him because Florida Christian has some guys who can really pitch. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's a couple of left-handers, uh, you know, for Florida Christian that are known for their pitchability. Uh, and I think Andrew George is the one that's going to have to face Lexington the first day who's not going to blow it by you, but he, he's really a, a heady pitcher. He's that guy that kind of mixes his stuff. And um, I had one uh, coach tell me that, you know, he gives you headaches because he changes his speed so much. And, you know, that'll be a good matchup for Shufo because left on left, you know, really test his abilities at the plate. So it's a great way to, uh, you know, kick off the tournament. Sure, yeah. I'm just looking at the uh, NHSI program we did, and Andrew George is committed to UNC Greensboro. So he's mm-hmm. coming up to North Carolina where – you know, maybe he'll be spending the next few years. Get a little taste of the random North Carolina weather. Yeah, <laughs> we're having some random weather, that's for sure. But, you know, and the thing is, the Florida Christian looks like it's a fairly young roster. And Lexington, you know, Lexington's got, what, three or four other Division One commits, guys. I mean, South Carolina commitments, Cole McMillan, mm-hmm. uh, and joining Nick Shufo and also Josh Reagan. I mean, it's a pretty talented ball club. It's true. Uh, uh, on the face, I mean, I see 27-4 and four from last year, but – who are some of the other guys, you know, tell me, tell us a little bit about these other division one commits on this team who, you know, are going to have this chance where all the scouts are in there to see, I mean, obviously scouts have seen these guys before, but they're all in here to see uh, Shufo and, and some of the national heats and to see that kind of guy uh, who, who on this team could pop up as a draft guy with a big performance this weekend. Well, I think Reagan is one guy that you mentioned that certainly could take a step forward. Anytime you see a, a division one commitment next to a guy, I think all the scouts are going to kind of mark that in their book and, and take note and, this is the, the kind of place that those guys can and step up and, you know, really take that step forward. You know, last year we saw it with Oxford, you know, with Zach LaVorne, Jackson Stevens, 
those guys were, were known because they're Division One commitments. They've been out on the circuit, but then they came out and to the NHSI. They faced good hitters, and they pitched well. Uh, so I think that's a, certainly a perfect example of what you could see with Lexington and, you know, guys like Reagan and McMillan, you know, they come up here against premium competition and if they take, uh, if they step up and perform, scouts are going to notice, especially on the first couple of days when everyone's in to see the big dogs pitch. Yeah. If you're in there, um, yeah, for that 10 o'clock game, that's a, <laughs> everyone's going to be there, uh, for that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a great opportunity for both those teams. And if not the, both those teams and other scouts will be there to see, the second game of the day schedule, which is Venice against uh, Christian Brothers. And Christian Brothers, you know, for me is the more famous, the bigger name program, I guess. I did not know their nickname was the Purple Wave. If you're coming to this event or if you're interested in high school baseball, I really uh, you know, take, take, take a minute to find the uh, digital edition of the Baseball America NHSI guide. Or if you're going to the games, definitely pick up a copy of this uh, NHSI guide. It's pretty it's a pretty good stuff. It's a, it's a great job. You guys did a super job putting this together. Um, but you know, I don't know. Don't know which one of you guys wants to uh, wants to, to take the question. But Venice, uh, Florida. I'm um, not sure that this is a program that, like you said, they, they won a state title last year. But this is an historically a program. Is this a fairly new school? Uh, no, it's it's been around actually for a little while. Considering uh, you know Mark Guthrie and Craig Faulkner, two players that played at LSU, and Mark Guthrie obviously. Uh, yeah, you know, who pitched the big leagues for 15 years. They played together at Venice and then together at LSU. Uh, and now they're back together at Venice coaching this team. So uh, it, there's certainly some history there with, in terms of those guys. Uh, in terms of state championships, it's definitely a, a more recent history, uh, you could say. But, uh, you know, the focus with Venice is going to be on Nick Longy, uh, one of the better pure hitters in the class, uh, this year's draft class. And this will be a really good test for him to see how he does. Uh, against some more premium pitching. Um, they've also got a, a couple of underclassmen. I think Mark Guthrie's son is supposed to be a, a highly regarded prospect uh, for 2014. Uh, and I'm actually personally excited to see uh, Cooper Hammond. Uh, and, John, I think you'll be excited to see him too because he's a submariner. So, uh, you know I love those guys. Yeah, um, Nathan, you know me well. <laughs> so, you know, that that's kind of the book on Venice. And then Christian Brothers, you know, they've got a couple of Division One arms. Uh, one of which is John Wesley Ray, who's certainly going to be a name to keep an eye on for 2014, committed to Mississippi. Um, but overall, that's uh, another one of those top-notch programs that's just been a consistent contender over the years. I think they have something like 10 state championships in their history. Uh, alumni include you know, Logan Forsyth, uh, Tim McCarver even. Uh, so they, uh, they are year-in, year-out uh, top contenders in the state, so it's good to get uh, them representing Tennessee this year. Yeah, Connor, that just seems like a pretty nice matchup. Here's a team that won a state title in Florida in 2012, and a team that won a state title in Tennessee two years ago, and that has won six in the last 15 years. I think you have here. I mean, is that? I mean, that, that seems like that might be uh, in normal years in a normal high school baseball tournament, the number one, uh, you know, the best first matchup you're going to get. But then you look at the other, the third game Wednesday, it's Tullahoma with the Sheffield brothers. Uh, versus modern day, the defending champion and a perennial power. I mean, is that the best first round matchup? Um, it might be, you know, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's hard to choose. They're all good. They're all good. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that might be the best matchup just because, you know, you've got the defending champion. You want to see what they can do. They obviously have two very good draft prospects in catcher Jeremy Martinez and third baseman Ryan McMahon. 
And it sounds like they're going to be going against a, a 2014 Justice Sheffield, the younger Sheffield. Uh, he throws left-handed. He's committed to Vanderbilt just like his brother Jordan. Uh, and it sounds like Jordan will be going Thursday. Thursday, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's definitely a good matchup. I mean, you've got a, you know, one of the top pitchers for 2014 going against a team that won it all last year. And Justice Sheffield's a left-hander. His brother is the right fielder, the right-hander, correct? Correct. Um, which one did I see pitch last year in the? I think I saw both of them. You in saw the both of them, series, didn't I? You saw both um, of them in the same inning. <laughs> it is nice to have them separate. You know, their their parents obviously tied one hand behind their back. I mean, <laughs> I know they're not twins, but it's it's very nice to keep them set, to to keep them mentally straight that one's left-handed and one's right-handed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but Matter Day uh, at the NHSI last year, I got a chance to see them. Uh, one of the games I, I went to was one of their games. Um, this team just seems like, uh, you know, they, they, this is a long, again, this is a traditional high school power. But uh, this year's team seems like there are a lot of guys back from last year's club to try to defend this championship, right? Yeah, they're, there really are. I mean, they've got their, their shortstop, Brandon Perez, back. Uh, Davis Tamanaga, he was really good on the mound last year for them. And, and obviously, McMahon kind of broke out there last year and and uh, Jeremy Martinez was there last year. So they have, you know, a core of their underclassmen from last year back this year. I'm really, you know, one of the things that really impressed me with Modern Day last year was just their energy and their their team play. I mean, they were really uh, fired up as a team. And I think the, the guy who kind of was their spark plug last year, he's at UCLA now, Ty Moore. So I'm excited to see kind of who steps up for them as their leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that absolutely would be interesting to see. That's the, you know, it's one guy, but obviously it's one really important guy that they lose from last year. But, you know, just looking at that lineup, you see guys that can really step up that, you know, you noticed last year, like Austin Grayback, uh, guys like that, Tyler Atkinson, you know, guys that, you know, are, are good players. Um, now they're a year older. They got another year of experience. They've been in this environment before because they were here last year. So I can easily see, uh, one of those guys stepping up and, you know, maybe becoming a, a name like Time Moore was. You know, everyone knew Time Moore going in. Maybe these one of these guys can make a name for themselves. Yeah, it just seems like this is, I mean, there are a lot of great matchups here, but that just seems like that's one where uh, when you have a Sheffield going against anybody, it's going to get a lot of attract, a lot of scouts, a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. But then when you throw it against modern day, the defending champion with the talent they have, so that, that, that's going to be one of, the, uh, one of the games to watch. But they're all games to watch. Uh, the fourth game on that day is Eustace out of Florida against Harvard Westlake and guys, you know, Harvard Westlake, even a guy who follows high school to the level that I do knows that team you mentioned in the intro, Connor talking about last year's tournament, Max Freed. Obviously we missed Lucas Giolito last year, but uh, Harvard Westlake, it feels like this could be a program that could be a real fixture in the NHSI. It's a high level program. Financially, they have the opportunity to, to, to travel um, a high level private school. Um, what's, uh, you know, not, it's very rare for a high school team to have Max Fried and Lucas Giolito at the same time. And now obviously both of them are gone. Uh, what's, what's the attraction in this year's Harvard Westlake team? Well, I think the attraction is more on the position players this year. Um, for 2013, you know, they have catcher Arden Paps. He's a big, strong hitter. They have, uh, Joe Corgan in the infield who's committed to Southern California. So those are kind of their, their anchors in the lineup. And then they've got Jack Flaherty who, is uh, their shortstop and, and right-handed pitcher. And uh, when he was out here last year, he wound up committing to giving a verbal commitment to North Carolina. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the first – when he came out here, that was the first time uh, the UNC coaches had seen him. Uh, and then not long after, he uh, verbally committed to UNC. So now he's back, and 
you know, he's not eligible for the draft guys yet, and he's committed to a school, so it'll be fun to watch him. Um, but I'm sure some guys are going to be out here wishing that uh, it was next year already for him. And I just have to guess, guys, that uh, Eustace, I mean, their numerical roster that they submitted is 13 players. I mean, that's like that's like half of Harvard Westlake's uh, roster. But, I mean, but Eustace does have a marquee player here in Chris Oakey. Uh, catcher that I know you uh, already interviewed Connor fun interview so yeah. Nathan I'm going to ask you uh, you know I assume that Kyle Wiseman on this team has no relation to Rhett Wiseman so you can actually root for this team <laughs> um, but well, besides I mean Chris Oakey's the the uh, obviously the, the focus of this team from a draft standpoint what else got Eustace invited to the NHSI and what, what what should we keep an eye on with this club well I think uh, outside of Oakey it's going to be his battery mate and Alex Hagner Alex Hagner is uh, a medium size. I guess you could call him short if you're talking in a pro sense. Uh, left-hander. He's probably about six feet tall, um, but he just he can really pitch. Uh, you know, his fastball is going to sit in the high 80s. He might, you know, bump some 90s. Um, but he's got good off-speed stuff. You know, he works both sides of the plate. In uh, his shown command in the past, I think, you know, he's walked a few guys to start the season, so he might be still trying to find his groove. Um, but obviously, you know, he'll be one to watch because, you know, some, some of those guys sometimes take a step forward in velocity and, you know, might climb up uh, draft boards a little bit. But at the same time, Hagner is right now uh, either the number one or number two hitter on the team uh, right there with Oki. Um, both of them are just absolutely raking right now. So you mentioned 13 players being on the roster. It's kind of like when I played in high school, uh, you know, when you made a pitching change, it was a merry-go-round. Uh, you know, everybody moved positions and new guy came into pitch. So you might see that with a team, uh, you know, like that. But it's obvious that, you know, they have to make do with a lot of two way players, given their roster size. And Hagner's one of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally love those teams. I just saw today in the uh, you know, with Citadel, one of the players in here is a Citadel commit uh, on Lexington, I believe it is. Um, and Citadel, when they made the Cowboys series in 1990, you know, I think they had basically. 10 players, 11 players. Chris Lamonis, the recruiting coordinator at Louisville. I know you guys have both met him. Yep. He was on that team. He was on that team and they were the merry-go-round. So imagine the merry-go-round in this tournament. Imagine it on national television at the Cowboys <laughs> series. That's how Citadel rolled in 1990. Um, but I, I love those kind of teams. And I think that that keeps some of your athleticism intact when you're a, a high school player and you don't, specialize uh that, that's a good thing so absolutely yeah. uh, i'm really looking yeah. forward to seeing Eustace play Not, i mean chris oakey's one of my favorite players from the the showcase circuit just really love his style his leadership his toughness uh and he can really swing it obviously but i got even more excited to watch them play after i talked to him uh for a q a that was on the, the baseball america draft blog and he told me i asked him what to expect you know when they come up here and he said we're going to be we're going to play the hardest and we're going to be the dirtiest when we come off the field. We love, you know, making plays for each other and we're going to lay it all out there. So, well, if Harvard Westlake is dirty, they, they just wear uniform set number two or three or four. <laughs> so that's a rich kid joke that I just made at Harvard Westlake. But I got to get, I, I love, I, I think so highly of this program. They, it, it feels like they will go play anybody. They'll go play anywhere. They have talent, but they don't skate by on talent. Uh, just feels like, I mean, Nathan, you're, you're the high school, you know, blood and guts of the, our high school coverage guy. I mean, just talk a little bit about this program. It, I think they, it seemed like they came a little bit more to prominence last year because of Freed and Giolito to the average BA listener and reader. Mm -hmm. But it just feels like they've been there for a long time with the, with uh, Matt LaCour and the program that he's built there. Yeah, Matt LaCour has absolutely done a fantastic job with that program. And, 
you know, it does feel like it depends on how you look at it, but they have been around for a little while, you know, considering Austin Wilson uh, is an alum right. as well as Brennan Bosch, uh, who was on a team with, um, I'm blanking on his name right now, Mets infielder, um, former Met infielder, kind of a reserve guy. They won a, a conference Justin championship Turner. together. And, uh, so yeah, or Josh Satin. That's exactly who Josh I'm, Satin. There, there we go. go. That's who I'm trying to think of. Um, so yeah, they've been around for a little while, uh, but they did definitely rise to prominence pretty quickly with uh, Giolito and Freed. It was going to happen anyway with Giolito, uh, but as soon as Montclair Prep, uh, you know, folded their program and Freed was essentially a free agent and came over to Harvard Westlake, uh, that definitely put them on the national map pretty quickly. Uh, but you're right. You know, they'll go anywhere. They'll play anybody. They're not not afraid to, uh, you know, challenge themselves. And, you know, that that's what makes them better. And that what that's what makes it so easy to root for them, because too many times we see teams go out there and run their schedule and go undefeated, but they don't really play anybody. You know, Harvard Westlake comes in, they've got talent, but they go out there and they make sure they challenge themselves. They might lose a few ball games during the year, but in the end, when they get to the playoffs, it's going to help them. Yeah, I definitely have a lot of respect for uh, people who go out and play uh, that kind of ambitious of a schedule. Mm-hmm. So it's a Baseball America podcast. I'm John, along with Connor and Nathan, and we're uh, recording this podcast sponsored by Wilson Custom Gloves. Visit WilsonCustomGloves.com to create your custom Wilson A2000. Choose a glove in your team colors or a style to match your play. You can pick your glove model, leather colors, and personalization on WilsonCustomGloves.com, the same website the pros use to create their game gloves. There are over 35 glove styles, all available in left-hand throw and 19 leather colors to choose from. Check out WilsonCustomGloves.com today. And we'll remind you that Wilson Custom Gloves is the sponsor of Baseball America's NHSI coverage. Rolling on with this preview podcast of the NHSI, we've gone through the first four games. We're uh, in the second half, guys, and I guess this year's home team, the North Carolina representative in this year's NHSI, is T.C. Robertson High School uh, has some personal ties to Baseball America because uh, late BA staffer John Royster, his wife is a Robertson, and her I think it was her grandfather who was actually T.C. Robertson. Uh, T.C. Robertson has produced some big leaguers, Chris Narvison, Cameron Mabin, way back in the day, Darren Holmes. Uh, what's this year's Robertson uh, club look like, Connor? Well, you know, they're going to be a, a good club that's going to go out there and, and, you know, battle and, and play tough. I think, um, you know, they don't really have – uh, a marquee prospect like some of these teams do, at least somebody that was, you know, way out on the showcase circuit going to all the big events, but they have a lot of juniors on their team. Um, so guys who are going to be gearing up for that next summer, uh, mo- most notably Braxton Davidson actually. And he was a guy that was, he was at the East coast pro showcase. And a lot of times, you know, if you're a junior at one of those scout invite events, like the East coast pro or area codes, that's usually a really good sign. And he's a guy who's, uh, a real thick, strong kid uh, with a, a power left-handed bat. So he's and he's raking the... right now. He's hitting over 500, and teams are starting to avoid him, uh, pitching around him a little bit. So he's 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 on fire. So it'll be nice to see him come in. Yeah, and then they've I got also, you know they've I got a few like other. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. sorry. I was just gonna say they've got a few other commits. Uh, the one guy, you know, a couple other guys. I'm interested to see are, are t- 2014s, just like Davidson. And that'd be Catton uh, Hardwood, a right-hander who's committed to Clemson. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another Clemson commit, Dominic uh, Camerata, a catcher. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, you just see the Division One commitments all over their their roster, and it's a deeper roster. It looks like uh, for the Bingham Miners. I probably should have asked you, Connor, about about Bingham first, since they're the the West representatives here. But is this our first team from Utah in, the, in these two years, uh, Nathan? What, what do we have out of Bingham? It is the first uh, team out of Utah, and Bingham is one of those, you know, again, a historic program. You know, they have 20 state titles to their name, uh, which uh, they have at least one in like eight different decades. Uh, You know, much deeper history than a lot of the other teams that we talk about, uh, given that, you know, you can go back all the way to the 20s and 30s. Uh, But players that you're looking at with Bingham are guys like Brennan Lund. Uh, he's a BYU commitment. Uh, he's, you know, kind of one of those scrappy outfielders, not a real big guy, uh, but line drive swing will hit it to all fields and can really run and defend. Uh, the question with Bingham right now is their number one uh, recently went out with an elbow strain and they've been trying to work him back slowly. Uh, they're unsure if he's going to be ready, uh, but uh, that's, that's what you want to look for in Bingham. But, you know, Joel Sato is one of those coaches that's well-respected. Uh, within the high school circles, uh, even though, you know, you might not be talking about a, a national championship caliber team. He's always going to come out and compete and they're not afraid to travel. Just like we were talking about with Harvard Westlake, they have traveled outside of the state to go to a tournament uh, for something, I think like for 20 straight years. So they're going to come out and they're going to compete. Yeah. That's a traveling for 20 straight years. That just, again, a traditional program and also a program that clearly has some community support, some parental support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, I don't think those things can be overlooked. And all these programs traveling around the country, their boosters, uh, the support system, the fundraising they've all done, and just so much work that goes into this mm-hmm. off the field for the at the high school level. It's, I think, you know, I think a lot of us just get to, you don't think about it unless you're involved at this high school level. Right. The coaches uh, definitely have to rally a lot of people together. And, you know, the parents step up. The parents – you know, either get the community to work together or, you know, work together themselves to make sure that these teams can make it because they know that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for their kids. Yeah, it really, well, that's the thing. This, I mean, there are a lot of national tournaments uh, that have come and gone over the years, but uh, I don't think any of them uh, have this kind of, uh, well, I know none of them have this kind of talent level on the, the heat that's going to be on these players in terms of the scouts that are going to be there. It's uh, pretty significant. We've got uh, our sixth matchup. We're already six six deep in this podcast, guys. Milton against Hamilton. Milton out of Georgia, out of Milton, Georgia. Hamilton out of Chandler, Arizona. Um, you know, Connor, I'll ask you about the about the uh, Hamilton Huskies from uh, from out west. Uh, a lot of big league names on this coaching staff. Guys like Blas Miner and uh, Clay Bellinger. Uh, are there future big leaguers on this ro- on this roster? Yeah, I mean, there you know, there certainly could be. Cody Bellinger's dad, Clay, played in the big leagues, and he's a projectable left-hander committed to Oregon. Um, not, only Clay, not only did Clay Bellinger play in the big leagues, he played for Greece in the 2004 Olympics. Well, there you go. <laughs> Tying it all together here on Happy uh, Greek Independence Day. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to see Cody Bellinger again. He's a guy I saw this summer. You know, like I said, loose, left-handed pitcher. Also, you know, shows some power potential with the bat. So we'll see what he brings, but I'm going to defer to Nathan on Hamilton as a team because I know he has a cool stat about them. Yeah, Hamilton, I wrote a feature about them. You'll see it uh, online when this podcast goes up as well. Uh, Talk about rising to power quickly. Hamilton opened its doors in 1998, so its first spring season was 1999, in which they went something like 5-17 and or 5-24. and They They won five games and lost a ton. The following year, they won something like 17 games. 
And then finally in 2001, they broke the 20 win plateau. And since then, they have not won. They have not won less than 20 games. They've won three state championships, have three other finals appearances, and two semifinal appearances. So in about a 14, 15 year history, you're talking about six trips to the finals and another two trips to the final four. That's a pretty quick rise to power, especially in the Phoenix area when you're talking about other big programs like Chaparral, uh, Horizon, Brophy Prep. Uh, so it's a testament to Mike Woods because he's been the coach for the duration there. Uh, they've just they've done a great job. Um, you know, I won't try to get into it too much because it's all in the feature and it's uh, it's a good read if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, but it, it's really going to be interesting to see how they play on the the uh, national stage now. But you know, it's going to be a tough test against Milton. Milton's and one Milton, of those teams. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Milton. You know, they might not have a marquee guy as a senior right now. You know, there was a couple good players. Uh, I think their their number one, Matt Phillips, is uh, is questionable for uh, for the week uh, based on some recent uh, arm stuff. But the, or sorry, Mark Phillips. Um, but they is it Matt? Sorry, I was looking above his name. Um, but uh, you know they have plenty of depth on the mountain. Dylan Cease is a junior, uncommitted. Uh, we've heard he recently touched 97. Uh, he's just supposed to be this long, loose athlete, and you know he can work in the low 90s. But apparently, he's ramping it up this year already. So seeing him come out would be uh, pretty awesome. And Dalton Ewing, another Division One guy, Orion Gridley uh, is a Division One type player. So you know they've and it's a young class too, a lot of juniors. So this is one of those teams that you know they might come out and surprise you because they don't have maybe not don't have a lot of veterans, but got a lot of young talent that could come out and pitch and swing the bat pretty well and be a contender this year and maybe even next year. And just yeah, you know, again, uh, just for so people have a little idea, this is basically suburban Atlanta versus suburban Phoenix in, in this game and in this matchup. And, exactly. Uh, that's one of the things I love the most is that there are going to be area guys maybe from both areas here. Uh, probably not. I imagine the area guys in Arizona nece- won't necessarily be here, but some West cross checkers are going to be here mm-hmm. and they're going to be going off those reports from their area scouts and seeing these players against, uh, you know, higher level competition. I mean, I, there's so many great things about this tournament, and that's uh, one of the things from a scouting perspective. And, guys, I mean, uh, we've got two more games to go, but if, if maybe, Connor, maybe this is a better question for you. I don't know, Nathan, I'm sure you guys should both weigh in on this, but, I mean, how big of a deal is the, was this last year for scouts? And what's the sense of anticipation you guys have gotten from scouts this year? Oh, it's huge. I mean, just, you know, think about, well, to compare it, I mean, it's kind of going to be like the Clint Frazier-Austin Meadows game that we went to. It's going to be like that all week, just in terms of the anticipation, because matching high school guys up, that's the toughest thing for scouts. You know, if, you, if you're watching a college player, you can match them up against other guys. If you're watching, you know, a position player, you can match them up against hard throwers or, you know, guys who can really pitch, guys with good breaking balls. That's a lot tougher to do in high school just because there aren't as many. So when you have a chance to, if you like a hitter and you have a chance to match them up against a good pitcher, or if you like a pitcher and you have a chance to match them up against a good offensive team, I mean, those are the key matchups for scouts. Those are the ones that are highlighted on their calendars, and this this whole week is filled with that. So it's a huge opportunity for cross-checkers, scouting directors, special assistants to come in and see, you know, some of the best high school players from across the country play against each other in the same field. It's it's unprecedented, and it's very exciting. I think you uh, you encapsulated it very well there. Well, we've got two more games to go. Um, we've got Grayson um, 
out of another Georgia school, uh, out of Loganville, Georgia, uh, going up, which you guys are a little bit familiar with already, <laughs> uh, going up against Cathedral Catholic. And this is, you know, from a first-round game, maybe this is the best matchup. That's what I was going to say, yep. Because you have our number one player on our board at this point on the high school side, Austin Meadows. He's 1A or 1B. Uh, depends on which of us you talk to. <laughs> uh, uh, going up against Cathedral Catholic, and our, I don't know if he's number one right now or number two, but Stephen Gonsalves is right up there at the front of our high school pitching uh, rankings. Um, is this the big? This is the matchup that you're most looking forward to. I, I, I know what Connor's answer is. Nathan, is this the one that you're looking forward to the most? I think so, for sure. I mean, if Gonzalez takes the hill in that first round, uh, you know that'd be a great test for him and Austin Meadows, and I think scouts will love that. Um, you know, if I, I don't know exactly their pitching rotation yet, I would think Gonzalez is going to go in that first game. But if it's Brady Aiken, uh, scouts, you know, aren't worried about Brady Aiken just yet but he's still one of those guys that's good enough that he can go up against uh, Meadows left on left and really challenge him um, because he's going to be a top guy for next year, you know, and it's comparable to Gonzalez in terms of projection. So, you know, either way, Meadows is going to have, uh, you know, a tough test. And if Gonzalez goes out there, it's, it's even sweeter. Uh, not to mention, you know, Cathedral Catholics, one of our top teams in the top 25, uh, recently number one, uh, moved down to uh, number three in the latest high school top 25, which you can see online. Um, and Grayson, you know, off to a little bit of a disappointing start at six and five, but has a ton of talent on that team. They lost only one player or maybe two players from a team that went to the final four last year. Uh, so we know that they can play. It's just a matter of it all just kind of getting put together. So that probably is the, uh, probably the marquee matchup for the first day. And just for the average fan who doesn't know, Cathedral Catholic used to be known as University High in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And when it was basically University of San Diego High School, uh, this is Mark Pryor's alma mater. This is uh, Carlos Quentin's alma mater. So this is this is a school with some serious tradition, uh, some serious big league alumni. Um, and Grayson, you know, guys, you guys were down there. Obviously, you saw Grayson on the road. Um, you know, what was your impression in person, Connor? I don't know if we've had you guys on the podcast to to talk about this, but I mean, what was your impression of Austin Meadows in that game? I know it wasn't his best look necessarily. Uh, you know, what's your take on Austin? Is this a chance for him to kind of uh, cement himself at the front of the high school draft class? Does he have to play well to cement himself? Or do you do you guys feel like uh, he has more, will he have more opportunities after this the rest of the spring against good competition? Well, you know, I think he I think he has pretty well cemented himself. Um, you know, scouts I talked to after the, the Meadows Frazier matchup. You know, they said it wasn't obviously his best look. I mean, he, you know, walked and got hit by a pitch and struck out and only got three at-bats because Loganville run-ruled him. But um, everything he's done, I mean, obviously scouts are going to want to see him come out and perform well and, you know, maybe show some things against some of these uh, better opponents and better pitchers that he's going to face. But I think he's already submitted, cemented himself as one of the top guys in a, you know, top half of the first round guy. Um, but he's got some interesting players around him too. We saw, you know, there's some, some guys who can hit in that lineup and I'm excited to see uh, Chris Irwin, a left-hander that pitched in that game. I don't think we saw necessarily his best stuff. It sounded like he was a little bit better the, the week before we got down mm -hmm. there, but he's an interesting lanky left-hander. I'm excited to get a, a second look at. Yeah. Kennesaw state commit, uh, you know, 
looks very projectable with the body and you know he might have been just a little bit amped up for that game against Loganville and I mean Loganville is nothing to shake a stick out they're pretty good um, but you know to see him come around again you know a couple of weeks later maybe a little bit warmer see if he's a little deeper into his uh, you know season form but he'll definitely be uh, an interesting one to watch one of those guys that might be able to take a step forward like the other guys yeah we let's talked just before. hope that the teams coming into the NHSI are um, you know pitch to Austin Meadows like Loganville had the guts. To yes. And I, I think we'll see that. I think last year we didn't see uh, too many guys um, pitching around each other. I'm, I'm sure they want to avoid certain hitters because they do want to win. But at the same time, all these teams are coming here to prove something. Yeah. They're here for a reason and they want to prove it. So they're not going to just say, Hey, send them on, send them first, you know? Yeah. They're allowed to though. They are allowed. They to. are allowed to, but I don't it's think they'll necessarily show- do that. It's, it's not a showcase. Teams are here to, to to win for their teams, not for their players to uh, to throw to the radar guns. Our last first round showcase, guys. Actually, I say showcase. Get that stuck in my head. Our last first round game is Thursday morning. The last two teams to take the field, uh, thanks to some nettlesome rules, are uh, Jenks out of Oklahoma and the Woodlands out of Texas. Uh, the Woodlands, which just feels like it's its own country. They produce so many prospects. Um, plus, it's got the superfluous the, like the Netherlands and the Woodlands. Uh, so, the Woodlands against Jenks and a little Red River, Red River rivalry. And two of the top prospects on this team are, are, could be future teammates at Oklahoma State with Thomas Hatch and Chris Ho- uh, Carter Hope, I should say. Uh, let's talk about Woodlands first, guys, uh, for whichever one of you guys wants to take it. Um, Woodlands just seem like it's just become a factory. I mean, uh, Jameson Tyone, Kyle Drabeck, Paul Goldschmidt, um, and now uh, one of the most intriguing players in the entire event as a 2015 Chris Andritzos, future star of the Greek uh, World Baseball Classic team. Um, but guys, you know, who are the upperclassmen uh, that Chris Andritzos has kind of melded in with there that makes this Woodland team so dangerous? Well, I think uh, to start, you know, you got Ryan Burnett and, uh, and Carter Hope. Who uh, you know can can really do uh, have some effect on the mound. Uh, you know Carter Hope is you know, a two-way guy as well, but Burnett has already thrown a no-hitter this year, uh, as has Hope. Uh, so you know obviously in a tournament like this, pitching depth is key. And when you can start off with two guys that are committed to Division One schools, and you know uh, Burnett I know is in the uh, in the area code games last year, and you know that's a that's a pretty good some pretty good weapons to start with for the Woodlands. Uh, and then when you ha- add in a guy with like Chris Andritzos into the lineup, uh, Hope can swing it pretty well too, as can uh, Alex Dunlap, who's committed to Stanford, uh, you know, a big, strong catcher. Uh, you know, Wood- Woodlands has a lot of ways they can come at you and beat you, and there's a reason why they are currently our number one team and they've started the uh, the season off 18-0. and 0. Uh, And a lot of that is on a sophomore, Chris Andritzos, 11 home runs, 33 RBIs in 17 games. Um, <laughs> so he uh, he's definitely probably if I have to point out one thing I'm most excited about it's a it's a first look at him because all it is is just mythology and stats for me right now and what people have told me and to actually see him in person uh, I'm pretty excited for it so mythology is the right word when you're talking about someone with the name Andritzo <laughs> like, uh, he, he has Olympian numbers so far and uh Connor, what can you tell us a little bit about the Jenks Trojans, uh, besides the fact they share a name with the former big league pitcher? Oh, yeah. Well, um, Thomas Hatch is, is their stud on the mound. I mean, he, he's a solid, you know, right-handed pitcher. He was in our Baseball America Top 100 high school prospect list coming into the year, and he's a guy with a, a heavy fastball, good secondary stuff. 
committed to Oklahoma State. So he's kind of their guy on the mound. And then they've got uh, Trey uh, Michaleski, an infielder and right-hand pitcher, kind of a two-way guy for them that can swing it and can also, you know, has enough stuff to, to allow them to compete on the mound. So they're a very good team. Guys, if uh, I'm going to put you both on the spot, I know there's going to be a uh, – I know you guys have a crystal ball uh, blog post. It's going to be going up with this. But, uh, Nathan, uh, this tournament I always kind of think of as your baby. I mean, it's got a pretty great trophy. Uh, it's a pretty great trophy on the on the front. That's a big deal to me. It's a, it's a, uh, this, this tournament is uh, – you know, we started something pretty spectacular, I think, here along with, with USA Baseball. Uh, who's your pick to win this? Is, is Matter Day – uh, you know, the, the favorite, I guess, kind of to be the man, do you have to beat the man? Uh, you know, I think there is some truth to that. Um, however, you know, on the spot, having to make a prediction, I don't think modern day, uh, repeats this year. Uh, I think, uh, this year is, is going to be the Woodlands. Uh, I think that that lineup and, and the pitching that they've got is enough to, you know, get them through. And, and as you see, you know, if you can get through those first couple of games where you get through everybody else's horses, that's when the lineups really start to take over. And I think uh, the Highlanders, they have that. And, uh, you know, I have them matching up with Cathedral Catholic in the uh, the final game. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the Woodlands will finish out on top. Connor, who's your who's your pick here? I mean, I, th- th- there is our, pre- our current number one team, uh, What's your, you know, yeah, what's your, what's your it, call here? Well, it's tough to, to bet against the Woodlands. They do have a lot of depth on the mound. And, you know, obviously with a guy with who has 11 home runs already, that's pretty awesome. But um, just to, to go a little different, I, I will pick Modern Day. You know, I think they can come out, defend their title. They, they have depth on the mound as well, and they have uh, a really potent offense. So tough to bet against those guys. Well, it's tough to bet against our coverage. You guys have a, a lot planned, a lot that's going to happen uh, between now and Friday covering games. And then Saturday, we'll wrap up the podcast by talking about uh, we are actually going to do a Google Plus Hangout Saturday morning, 1030 Eastern time. Uh, the championship game is on Saturday. Um, what time is that championship game again, guys? I didn't see it in the schedule. Noon, Noon Eastern time for the championship game. We're going to set that up for you. So 10.30 Eastern time at the Baseball America tent down one of the baselines at the USA Baseball National Training Complex. Uh, Connor and Nathan will review the tournament to that point and preview the championship game of the 2013 NHSI. And uh, anything else, uh, Nathan, that you're looking forward to that we haven't covered uh, coming up in this tournament? Uh, you know, I, and you can see this on our, uh, our anticipation blog too. You know, I had Connor and myself pick out a, a breakout, uh, or star player. And, you know, I think last year with modern day, Ryan McMahon, you know, guys coming in, didn't really know who Ryan McMahon was, you know, and he really jumped out at this tournament, you know, so sweet swing from the left side, good defense at third base. So coming into this year, People know who Ryan McMahon is, but last year people knew who Courtney Hawkins was, and he still, you know, ran up some draft boards based on his performance at the NHSI. So, you know, my pick to click this year is going to be Ryan McMahon. You know, people know who he is, but I think this is going to be uh, that week where he really, uh, really makes that jump forward. He's swinging, a, he seems to be swinging a hot bat right now. Uh, he's the, the leading hitter for modern day, and uh, you know, he's going to come up here against some good competition, and I think, uh, I think the scouts will like what they see. How about you, Connor? Anything that we left out that you really are looking forward to this week? Well, 
I already mentioned him a little bit, but my pick to click in that that same blog post that'll go up was Chris Oakey. Um, you know, I mentioned that it's a, it's a very good year for high school catchers. Scouts are going to be able to see him side by side, you know, with Jeremy Martinez here and Nick Shufo here, Arden Pabst, and I think he's really going to uh, separate himself in terms of his just overall ability, his his ability to catch and throw, um, his line drive approach, and his his leadership and toughness. So I'm looking forward to see him kind of jump out and elevate his draft status a little bit. Well, I think we're all looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, Nathan and Connor will uh, drive most of our coverage. Uh, a lot of the rest of us will contribute, including a uh, old friend, Alexis Brudnicki, giving us a little Canadian flavor. Uh, I don't think they really know what high school baseball is like out there. So, <laughs> she, never, nevertheless, she's going to come down from the Great White North and uh, and help us out a little bit. And we'll remind you that all the coverage, both on our uh, the new BaseballAmerica.com, this podcast the Google Hangout, all of our coverage of the NHSI is sponsored by WilsonCustomGloves.com. WilsonCustomGloves.com is where you can go to create your custom Wilson A2000. Choose a glove in your team colors or a style to match your play. You can pick your glove model, leather colors, and personalization on WilsonCustomGloves.com, the same website the pros use to create their game gloves. There are more than 35 glove styles, all available in left-hand throw, and 19 leather colors to choose from. Check out WilsonCustomGloves.com today. For Connor and Nathan, I'm John. We'll see you on the next Baseball America podcast, and we'll see you Saturday at the Google Plus Hangout. So long, everybody.